Hello and welcome back to the spreadsheet test brought to you by Looks Good on Paper. As ever, I'm your host, Felix Pate. This is the second time I'm doing a, a live podcast on Twitter Spaces. Thank you to anyone who's currently in the audience. Um, if you do want to get involved, I'll say this probably a few times throughout the podcast, but if you do want to get involved, please request to speak and we can get your opinion on things. Uh, the format of this week's podcast is just going to be me going through the opening round of fixtures for each team, talking about how our model uh, saw the match going pre-game and then talking about where the difference might have come between our prediction and the result, which players to look out for, probably especially focusing on the goal scorers. Um, if you have got any questions, uh, send them in probably via my DMs if you're listening to this live. Any questions afterwards, obviously, you can get in touch via Twitter or via our website. Let's kick things off with Italy 3, Turkey 0. Although Italy were the away team despite playing at home. Um, interestingly, we did have Turkey um, with a slight edge for this game um, at about 34.5%. And having kind of, I've got all the predictions in front of me. And I think the thing I've noticed is Bonucci and Chiellini definitely underrated um, for the 2021 numbers. And I think that's a kind of persistent problem I've seen throughout some of these games is uh, our age curves are kind of undervaluing certain players, um, especially older players. So those two, especially, you know, 1318 for Chiellini and 1415 for Bonucci, vastly below both their career scores, but also what you expected them even at this uh, you know the twilight stage of their career, um, but even so, yeah, we we kind of got this one wrong, although we called it quite close. Italy pretty dominant. Um, I did watch the game. I don't have the kind of match stats in front of me, but to my eyes, Italy seemed pretty dominant. A lot of plaudits in both games um, for Italy's midfield, um, and it's really interesting actually looking at them through our through the eyes of our model. Um, you got Jorginho, Nicolo Barella, and uh, Manuel Locatelli, so not even any room for Marco Verratti yet. Um, but it's interesting that they function so well together without necessarily seeming to be that complementary. I mean, you've not really got um, a great goal scorer in there. Jorginho's the the best attacking of the three on our model, and that's probably inflated due to penalties. Creatively, um, Barella and, and Locatelli then uh, are the standouts. Barella just edging that. And defensively, it's pretty close between Locatelli and, and Jorginho. So it's interesting that they're not necessarily complementary, but the three of them just seem to work really well together. The front three looks really sharp as well, Immobile. Um, although we're just talking about the the first round games, he has now got two and two for the tournament. Um, without a doubt, their their clear goal threat. Um, got Insigne and Berardi as kind of dual threats creatively and goal scoring wise either side of him. In terms of Turkey, you know, a lot of people had them as that fable term, dark horses. Um, we had them come in third in the group, which it looks like they, they might come last actually now. But um, yeah, they weren't they weren't great. It was, you know, again, Yilmaz is someone who we kind of underrated due to the age curves perhaps, just at, at 1-3-2-5. Um, and the... The standout players on our model, Chalanoglu, Tufan, 
weren't allowed massively into the game by Italy. I don't think it was... I think it was more of a case of Italy played really, really well than uh, Turkey did anything in particularly bad. They weren't great, but Italy took full advantage um, for certain. Let's move on to the other game in the opening round in Group A, which was Wales versus Switzerland. Um, a one-all draw. Um, we saw Switzerland having quite a, a heavy advantage going into the game. Um, you know, We had Wales rated as the lowest rated squad squad and manager and squad balance combined it is quite young and inexperienced and they they kind of stood up you know the guys that are lower rated Joe Morrell and Chris Meppham you know mid mid-tier championship players arguably um they stood up Danny Ward as well had a a fantastic game considering he hasn't really got the minutes in the tank that you'd like a first choice keeper to have going into a major tournament performed admirably uh, the man who scored the goal, Kiefer Moore, we've got him rated at um, 1527 on our ELO model at the minute. He's also their second biggest goal threat behind um, Gareth Bale. Um, and then you've got Bale and Ramsey as the key sort of creators in terms of um, defence. Joe Roden is their big standout there in terms of both pressing um, and defence on our metrics. So I think it was a really good... I think it was definitely a case of the, the sun being greater than the past, as it seems to be with Wales, you know, at Euro 2016 as well. It's not just about the stars in Bale and Ramsey. They are a really good collective unit, and that's you know something a, a model like ours can tend to under, underrate. Um, Switzerland, Briel and Bolo perhaps finally starting to live up to uh, that long-awaited potential. He is um, the second-highest-rated player by our model for the Swiss, just behind Harris Seferovic, um, so a good strike partnership there um the the back three seem to work okay i mean they are sort of the weaker players in our model um elvedi the weakest of the outfield players and share not too far ahead of him um rodriguez as well actually so the whole of the uh, rodriguez was actually playing left wing back wasn't he but he has played in the, the left center back of the back three at times as well um and i've read numerous reports saying he He's looked more comfortable in the centre-back role than at wing-back, so not sure there. Um, Mbolo, who got the goal, again, he's rated there. Uh, Second-highest attacking threat for us behind Seferovic. Um, main creative force, Jordan Sekiri, which is unsurprising. So uh, a really solid start for Wales in particular, and then backing it up with the win against Turkey yesterday. Um, we'll move on to Group uh, B, which started um, with Denmark versus Finland. Um, not going to touch massively on the big event that overshadowed um, that game. Obviously, hoping Christian is well. Uh, it's good to see him stable and hopefully looks to be on the mend. But in terms of um, the match, it's obviously skewed. It comes with a little asterisk next to it because of what happened and obviously the Danes were probably going to be effective. We did have Denmark as the stronger team going into it, about 40.7% and Christian indeed being the sort of highest rated player um, at 19.1985. Uh, and then for Finland, um, the man who scored the goal, Joel uh, Pujampalo of Union Berlin, both their, their highest rated player and their, their second highest attacking threat. 
um, worth about 0.59 uh, goals per 90 per our estimates. Um, I mean, they've got some good play. I think there's a lot of disparity um, in terms of how we rate the the Finland starting eleven. You've got kind of Glenn Kamara and Yeri Urinen, if I can get my words out, and Timo Puki at the top end. But then there's a quite a big jump to the likes of um, Arigiri and Raitala and uh, Tim Spav, who didn't play uh, in the second game yesterday. Um, so quite a quite a variant squad. But you know, pull through, got the result. Not really too much to say more on that game, given, as I say, what happened. Uh, Belgium-Russia, really nice dominant performance from the Belgians. Obviously, um, Romelu Lukaku coming up trumps, two goals for him. Uh, and a goal for Thomas Mounier, who didn't start, so I've not actually got his stats in front of me. Um, so I might have to go and find those elsewhere. But yeah, Lukaku, uh, head and shoulders there, sort of main attacking threat. Uh, main creative threats. You've got the, the two wing-backs in uh, Hazard Castagna as well as Carrasco, who I think it surprised a few people that Carrasco was played further forward rather than in that wing-back role. Um, but then obviously Munier, Munier coming on and doing a good uh, job getting the goal. Um, not great for Russia. I mean, we did have, you know, this is the biggest gap we've had we've seen so far. We had Belgium at about 46% Russia. About 24, so a sizable edge, I suppose you could say there. Only real standout um, for Russia would be uh, Alexander Golovin. Um, he's the only player actually in this starting eleven who's rated higher than the average Belgian player, which kind of says a lot. A lot of this Russian squad rated in the low 1000s, 1100s. Lots of Semenov, Yuri Zhirkov, who I think has won the age curve, might have got... Just about right. Um, Shunin, the goalkeeper, who I think was dropped for yesterday's game as well. Um, so not a great start for them. Picked it back up with the, the win against Finland yesterday to kind of keep their hopes of progression alive. But probably one of the two standout, two or three standout performances of the opening round of fixtures from Belgium, along with, I'd say, Italy. Um, those probably been the top two. Um, Spain will come on to Spain. Spain were good without being clinical. France were France passed the eye test, if not necessarily some of the match stats. Again, we'll come on, we'll come on to them. Um, but we'll move on to Group C: um, Austria versus North Macedonia. One second, while I pull up. There we go. We had Austria, quite a comfortable uh, edge again, about forty-two point two percent to North Macedonia's twenty-six point two, and ultimately ended up in quite a comfortable 3-1 win, although it took kind of two goals in the last 10 minutes to seal it. Um, Goran Pandev, who else going for North Macedonia, rated as their highest attacking threat, just ahead of Tchaikovsky, and their joint um, most dangerous creator, alongside uh, Yanni Alioski of Leeds United. Um, I think the back, the back five sort of makes sense for Macedonia because they've got a couple of good defenders, but the defenders are um, rated slightly lower on our model than the the front five, as it were. So the, the And they've got a couple of high-rated kind of defensive scores in Volkovsky and uh, Musliu. In terms of Austria, um, 
pretty clinical in the end, dispatching them. Obviously, David Alaba um, has the highest score for them, perhaps predictively, just ahead of Marcel Sabitzer. In terms of the goal scorers, we have uh, Liner, Gregorich, and Anatovic. Again, two subs, so I'm not going to have them in front of me. But in terms of you know who started the game, Liner actually the second lowest uh, rated on the attacking metrics for the outfield players. Um, only Dragovic behind him. That's me getting an email through. I don't know who that's from. Um, Uber Eats. Um, Sasa Kalajic, people might have been expecting him to score, rated by far and away their highest attacking threat. Um, creatively, um, Sabitzer is the, the standout there. But I think Austria will be really happy to start off with a win. Um, Ukraine, I think, just as I started recording this space, is, um beat North Macedonia, I think it was 2-1 in the end. Um, speaking of uh, Ukraine... They played the Netherlands, uh, probably one of the most exciting games of the tournament so far, proper end-to-end. Uh, Netherlands pulling away into a 2-0 lead, Ukraine coming back um, before a late winner from Denzel Dumfries. Um, again, we got this one slightly wrong. We gave the edge to Ukraine, just about um, 35.5% to the Netherlands, 31.5%. Um which is really interesting, actually. So if we talk about Ukraine first, the two two standouts, um, Malinovsky and Zinchenko, um, at 19-3-1 and 19-80, respectively. But apart from that, they only had one other player um, rated above the average. So again, it was quite a quite a spread-out team. You've only got Karavayev, um, who was rated above the overall squad average of one seven zero nine. Um Compared to that to the Netherlands, their average rating was 1.665. Um, Depay and Frankie de Jong, the standouts, uh, and then kind of a lot less variance in that lineup. Um, who scored the goals? Let's have a look. Yarmolenko and Yaramchuk for Ukraine. Uh, funnily enough, rated the, the two highest attacking threats, and um, both worth about half a goal per 90. Uh, just ahead of Malinovsky, Zukov, um, Malinovsky, and Yarmolenko, and Karaveyev actually rated the three best creators on that 11 as well. And then for the Netherlands, uh, Vukvekost, their top attacking player, he did get a goal. Uh, and then Vinaldum, I think he's their third uh, best rated attacker, but some way behind the, the top two of Vekost and Depay. And then Dumfries kind of a bit, bit lower than that. It would have been nice to see Yuri Timber score. He is uh, very low rated for uh, attack, just worth about 0.04 goals per 90 from his attacking contributions. So it could have been fun to see him score, um, but he's rated as one of their better defenders, understandably. Um, so that's Group C. Group D, um, England. Is it coming home? Um, probably not for me to say. I don't think it is. I think it's coming home until we reach the round of 16. But we'll see. Um, I suppose I'll go into a little bit more detail about Southgate's team selection because it's probably the one I've got the most knowledge on. Um, Probably through a couple of surprises to people watching on. So the first one maybe being playing a back four. I think quite a few people expected it to be a back 
three, especially if we were going to play back three in the group stage, people did expect it to be in this game against Croatia. Um, but it worked. We looked comfortable. Um, the second surprise probably being that Kieran Trippier started at left back, not one of the two left backs we actually took in, in Shaw or Ben Chilwell. Uh, again, Trippier did okay. He he made the most of the advantages you get from playing the right footer at left back. A couple of occasions where we could have done with a left footer, um, but overall, can't really fault him. Um, Tyron Mings, people were worried about him. Did, an okay, did a passable job. Uh, passable maybe underselling him a little bit, but he didn't look as, as shaky as he did in the uh, warm-up game against Austria. I'll give him that. Um, Calvin Phillips surprised me. Um, probably didn't come as a surprise to Leeds fans, and Leeds fans rightly um, lauding Calvin Phillips and telling everyone to open their eyes because they didn't see it already. But um, he is rated as one of the kind of lesser players in that England starting 11 an hour model, but putting a really good performance. Uh, got the assist, which he's pretty much middle of the road for that starting 11 in terms of creativity. Um, but nice to see him bursting forward, kind of playing a lot more advanced than people might be used to seeing him most of the time at Leeds. And then the front the front four were really good. Um, yeah, they are four of the highest rated players in the England squad, but also in, in world football, especially Foden, Sterling, Kane. A few complaints, I suppose, about um, Sterling starting, but he did really well, got the goal, obviously. And again, he's sort of a, a different kind of player to, to Jack Grealish a lot more sort of direct running in behind, and we saw that a lot. And I think Grealish or Foden is the sort of interchange Southgate would make um, before the Scotland game, if at all. Looks like Grealish may or may not be fit to start that one. Understandably, people complain about Grealish. Um, I've expunged my thoughts many times on why our model has never rated Grealish as incredible, mainly due to a a slow rise and sometimes playing below expectation, but uh, we'll leave it there. And he didn't start. We did okay. If he starts against Scotland, I'm sure he'll prove our model wrong and, and have a really good game given the, the season he's had and the performances he's put in every time he's put on. An England shirt. Um, Sterling, as I say, grabbing the goal rated as uh, England's second best attacking threat of that starting eleven, but some way behind Harry Kane, who... I suppose people were probably a little bit disappointed that he didn't have more of an impact on the game, but I'm sure he'll grow into the tournament as the team as a whole does. In terms of Croatia, we kind of nullified their main threats. I mean, again, the aging curve, I don't think does this team justice with the likes of Perisic and Modric. I think to the eye, they look a little bit underrated, so I might have to delve into that aging curve a little bit. Um, Andre Kramaric actually is rated as their best player going into this tournament out of that starting 11 by our model at 1867 which is um quite interesting i suppose um in terms of their main attack he's also their main attacking threat perisic the main creative threat i thought we dealt with both of those quite well especially perisic look he got a couple of shots off in anger but by and large um kyle walker did a job on him um josco gavardiol Rated as someone with pretty high potential, if not fantastic yet. And to my eye, he he played really well, playing slightly out of position, um, more of a natural centre back than a, 
a left back, but certainly one to watch. Um, the other game in Group D, Scotland versus the Czech Republic. Um, Czech Republic winning that one 2-0 to Patrick Schick goals, including, of course, that screamer from the halfway line that's sadly now become a David Marshall meme. I don't think he quite intended on doing that. But um, again, we this is probably the closest game so far of the group stages that our model's um, seen. So we had Scotland at uh, 34% and Czech Republic and the draw both at 33 so really really tight margin so it really could have gone either way and indeed i think by most accounts people thought scotland definitely deserved to get something out of the game um in terms of scotland they've got some really high rated players on our model so robertson and ryan christie mctominay but also a couple of sort of lower rated ones um marshall and liam cooper in particular cooper kind of coming in uh at the last minute because Kieran Tierney was injured, um, so stood in for him, missed that kind of underlapping centre-back run from the left-hand side that Tierney does when he combines with Andy Robertson. Um, in terms of the, the checks, Schick, the goal scorer, uh, middle of the road in terms of overall rating, just one five two two for him, but by far and away their biggest attacking threat worth about Half a goal per 90, um, with the next best being Thomas Suchet way back on about 0.27. Um, so he was the main goal threat. If they were going to score, probably going to come from him. Julie delivered with a brace. Um, so it's a, a big game um, tomorrow. I'm doing this spaces on the Thursday. So Scotland do play England tomorrow. That's going to be an absolute cracker i'm sure especially with what's at stake now for scotland um moving on to group e poland versus slovakia and probably the biggest sort of upset of the opening round fair to say um yeah we got this one slightly wrong as well we have poland about 36 percent slovakia 31 and a half um poland 35 and a half sorry in the draw about 33 so again not Massively close, but sufficient enough that we thought Poland might might nick it, or certainly at least get a point out of it. Um, but no, two one. Um, Lanetti scoring for Poland. Um, in terms of our ratings, pretty low down actually on the uh, the goal scoring ratings. Obviously, Lewandowski the standout, worth about zero point nine goals per ninety. Next best being Kamil Josviak on just zero point two two. So there really is a golfing class and perhaps slightly plays to, to Poland's detriment. You know, you've got obviously a world-class striker there in Robert Lewandowski, but doesn't have the piece, the complementary pieces around him like he does at Bayern Munich that perhaps facilitates some um, areas of his game. And they've still got a few decent creators around him in Zielinski and Klisch in particular uh, on our model, but maybe becomes slightly less effective when he doesn't have the arsenal around him for by Munich um, when he goes to play for Poland. Uh, Slovakia, highest rated players, Milan Skriniar, who, who got the goal, the winner in the end in the uh, 69th minute, and Andre Duda, who I didn't watch much of the game, but a lot of people praising him for playing a sort of false nine role. Um, Skriniar, I think, has a really good international goal scoring record despite being a centre back. Um, 
pretty low down on our uh, attacking ratings. We've got Hamsik and Robert Mack joint top of those ratings and Hamsik and Dudu and Haraslin coming out as the best sort of um, creators for the Slovakian team. And the other goal, the opening goal was an own goal by Wojciech Chesney, who's got a a pretty weird Euros record. Got sent off in the opening game of Euro 2012. I think he was only the third third keeper to get a red card. Not many, certainly. Um, and then has an own goal. I think he got injured and didn't play in 2016 or got injured and got subbed off. And then, um, yeah, scored the own goal in 2020, 2021, whatever we're calling it. Um, so not, always quite a, an inauspicious starter at the European Championships. Um, and then the other game in that group was Spain versus Sweden. This was a, an interesting game, wasn't it? Spain absolutely dominated um, i think this is the biggest edge we've seen um so far from the games we've gone through so spain at 49 percent we had them pre-game to win that the draw at 29 and sweden at 22 um standout players for spain on our model rodri and coke and marcus urente um who played at right back actually uh, really, really versatile player. Great to see that you know Lorente can play attack, can play number ten, centre midfield, wing back, and even full back in a back four here. Um, was good to see. And then for Sweden, uh, Ludwig Augustinsson rated as their best player in the starting eleven, one nine nine three, just ahead of Alexander Isak, who got a lot of praise, could have scored perhaps, um, and Christopher Olsen, who did a, a really good job, I thought. In central midfield, breaking up play at times, um, and Victor Lindelof as well. Um, in terms of, well, there were no goals. Alvaro Morata rated as the the Spaniard with the best chance to score. He's worth about 0.65 goals per ninety. Did miss a couple of big chances, um, so probably should have got um, a goal or two. Unfortunately, couldn't. Best creators: um, Jordi Alba, Danny Olmo. Uh, and Koke and yeah, Spain Spain did have a lot of the ball, but I thought Sweden defended well-ish. Um, they did give up a few big chances that Spain couldn't quite capitalise on, but overall they they stayed quite compact, got a couple of breaks. Um, but Spain really should have won that game, I think, um, for the amount of possession and uh, dominance they had, they probably should have won. Um, but. Sweden will be really happy with that point. Slovakia will be delighted that being the underdogs in that group, they're currently top. Um, and then Group F, uh, we had Portugal versus Hungary. Um, I didn't watch all of this game, so I, I think I'm right in saying Hungary had a goal disallowed. And then Portugal scored three in the last sort of six minutes. To steal it away from home. Um, so, yeah, we did have Portugal pretty heavy-ish favourites. About 46%. The draw at 30. And Hungary at about 24%. Um, best race of players for Hungary. You got Klein Heisler, uh, Orban and, and Salai. Uh, Attila Salai, someone who got 
quite a lot of praise after the game. Uh, someone who's been linked with a, a move away from Fenerbahce despite only being there half a season. Um, for Portugal, again, I think the age curve is a little bit off. You've heard me say it a few times during this podcast, but Ronaldo, 1698, really probably should be a bit higher than that, even at this sort of late stage of his career. So, and Pepe at 1288. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go in and sort of uh, fix this somehow. Um, highest rated players, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, you know, and Ruben Diaz, all kind of approaching their peak years. Uh, who scored the goal? Guerrero scored, didn't he? Ronaldo got two. So, yeah, Ronaldo, the standout goal scorer, worth almost a goal every 90 minutes. Um, Guerrero, the joint lowest rated uh, attacker alongside Nelson Semedo, both only worth about 0.05 goals per 90, so bit of a surprise to see him score, perhaps. Um, for Hungary, if they were going to score at all, biggest threats for us were um, Adam Solai and Roland Salai. Um, but yeah, Portugal left it late, as they did you know, in the last Euros, and they win in one game in normal time. But they left it late. 3-0, probably not the biggest reflection, but importantly for their goal difference. And this group could well come down to goal difference as to who comes top um, and if a third-place team does get through. And then the final game to discuss today, France won Germany nil. As I mentioned briefly before, a game that France looked to have won pretty convincingly by the eyes. You know, they won 1-0, but... They hit the post. Rabiot probably should have scored, or maybe squared it to Greenland scored, and they had two goals disallowed. Um, but the stat, the stats were with Germany, so it's one of those where you kind of got to balance them. And uh, we don't use in-play data. I've got a few ideas of how to kind of implement our statistics and metrics into in-play data. Um, if you can hear my dog, I apologise, but. Uh, the highest rated player for France, understandably, Kylian Mbappe, 2509. Um, he's got a very, very long and prosperous future ahead of him. Uh, didn't get the goal. He did have one disallowed, and he is their highest rated attacker at 0.86 goals per 90, just ahead of Benzema Griezmann. Best creators, Paul Pogba, who played that lovely pass over to Hernandez for the assist. Uh, and then again, Mbappe, Griezmann, Benzema, you know, three really good dual threat attackers there. For Germany, uh, again, I again I come back to the age curve. I think Neuer and Hummels are slightly underrated, although Hummels did score the own goal, and he probably could have done a little bit more to not score that own goal. Um, in terms of their biggest attacking threats, Muller and Nabry both worth about half half a goal per ninety minutes, and I think it's interesting they don't play with that kind of out and out focal point in attack. And maybe that might be something they change going forward. They've kind of got a few decent goal scorers um, who are all into weaving, but there's no central focal point. Um, and again, Kimmich at wing back. Do they want to move him into midfield? Perhaps, you know, do, and then if they do move him, do they stick with a back five slash back three, or do they then move to a back four? If they move to a back four, does Robin Gerson still play? So there's a lot of moving parts that Germany team, and it'll be interesting to see how they play against um, Portugal on Saturday is their next game. So that's kind of my overview of the opening round of group stage games. 
Um, thank you for listening, as ever. Thank you for joining on Twitter Spaces if you have. If you've got any questions, please do get in touch uh, on Twitter, at LGOPFelix, or via our website, um, www.lgop.co.uk. We've got articles on there, and there's a contact form for you to get in touch. Um, but thank you very much for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye for now.